This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome back, everyone. We had some technical issues. That's why there's a part one and a part two. If this happens to be the episode you're listening to first, part one covered basically the whole CBA debacle, our reaction to it. And uh, we discussed the playoff format in there as well. So if you're curious, um, go ahead and check that uh, part out as well. This episode is going to be more Red Sox centric, discussing our uh, areas of need, what what we each prefer. And uh, Andrew, Joe, back with me. Uh, as we uh, get through this episode, hopefully with no more uh, issues. So, all right. So let's just start off with that. What's the first area you're focusing on, Andrew? For me, it's corner outfielder. Um, I've, for the longest time, going back pre-playoffs, was in on Say Suzuki. I think he's a match made in heaven. I think it's a little bit unfair to have super high expectations for him after you know what we've gone through in baseball where he's he of anyone is gonna have the most abnormal offseason he's gonna have no time to get acquainted to the states uh it's gonna be huge move for him but if he can battle through that he's what this team needs he's got power he's got speed he can play defense so if he's gonna give you 25 home runs and hit 275, 285, and play above average defense. That's really what this team wants. That that fits right into a high bloom built team. And I that's I, I really want to see him as a Red Sox. Joe. Well damn. Andrew stole my thunder because Suzuki was the guy that I wanted to see most as a sock. Uh pretty much from day one of the offseason. I think Andrew's uh suggestion that he could possibly hit 270 280 is a little high i think he's probably more of a 250 260 guy just because of the adjustment period um his defense matches he plays a position we actually need versus another guy we have to shoehorn into the lineup and uh, i think there's a possibility now i know a lot of teams are in on him we're going to be in the hunt alongside a lot of West Coast teams, so we'll see. I don't know necessarily that we'll get him. Uh, but my other focus outside of Suzuki is not another corner outfielder. It's uh, going to be pitching, and it's going to be relief pitching in particular. Our bullpen was not good enough last year. Now subtract Adam Ottavino and take into account that Matt Barnes is not pitching for a contract. Forever idea in Bloom's office. It was to pitch him a contract extension midseason. You're to blame for all of my heartache in August, September, and October of last year. 
every time we needed a guy to get an out and Matt Barnes came in, your heart kind of sped up. That's the opposite of what you want. So uh, we need two arms, I think, in the bullpen. That's my primary focus, Terry. So let me really quick just run down Zip's projections on Fangraphs for Suzuki. They have him at 287 with a 351 OBP, 29 doubles, 23 home runs, 85 driven in, uh, 12 stolen bases with an OPS plus of 124. So that that would be great if they can put that in the five or six hole. I, I can't. I honestly don't think that there's any player that would fit this team better, including Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber doesn't have a spot on this team defensively. There's no spot to fit him defensively. If you have J.D. Martinez on the roster, and we do. Completely agree. Unless J.D. Martinez is going to play the left field every day, and we know he's not going to do that at this point in his career. He's not a left fielder. He's a D.H. So, Kyle Schwarber's gone. Sayonara. Say goodbye. He's going to a National League ball club who can now pay him to play D.H., that is the position that he's meant to play. The fact that he came up with the Cubs forced him to play, uh, you know, a position for a number of years. But if he came up in the American League, he would have been a DH probably five years ago, uh, and he would have stayed that way. He's not coming back to the Red Sox. You could say goodbye to that hope if you are one of the Kyle from Waltham fans that we have so many of those. I have a question for you, Terry, and you, Andrew. Say they go get Suzuki and they call it a day on the free agency market. Is that enough for this team? And they come back to the fans and say, we tried. Well, offensively, maybe, but I, I there, there's no chance that they wouldn't go pitching um, when it came to this, unless it was via trade. But offensively, yeah, they could probably, you know, patchwork it together with someone at second base, but... There, there's no way that they're a one and done, um, you know, move off season team. See the thing for me, and I agree with Andrew. I mean, we definitely need a couple arms in the bullpen. That's where I'm about to go. I'll say this about Suzuki. I've kind of given this take as well. I just don't feel like we can. I don't think we're in a spot right now as far as our roster is constructed to take a chance on a guy like Suzuki, because a lot of these guys from the Asian markets, whether it's Japan or Korea, there's a lot of busts and you got to go back a decade uh, outside of Otani, excuse me, uh, to find a really good player from that market. And if he ends up being a bust, we're just so undergunned right now. That outfield leaves so much to be desired and the right side of the infield, I hope we can get from Dahlbeck what we saw in the second half, but that's not a certainty. How many games are you going to get out of Arroyo at second base? I just feel like we have to go with a guy who's not a mystery, a guy who we know is going to perform, whether it's a, a guy on the right side of the infield or a corner outfielder. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And if they did sign Suzuki, I don't think he wants to come here, but if the stars aligned and we did end up with him, then to answer Job's question, I think we would be done offensively. 
that's my fear as well, Terry. And it's not necessarily that he's a bust because, you know, I've seen him play. I've looked at it. I think, let's put it this way, for those who are listening, he's not the next Hideki Matsui, right? He's he's a little bit less talented than that, I think. Um, And it's a big challenge adjusting to a, a new country, a new way of playing baseball, new signals. And uh, we don't necessarily offer him probably the ideal landing spot as far as cultural fit goes. Uh, so I just don't think that we're in a position to get him. But there are no other names on that right field free agency list. And we do really need a right fielder. We were talking about that off air. Um, that intrigued me at all. There's just not a lot of guys that I think could play right field at Fenway. And I don't want to see Jackie Bradley play more than 75 games. Well, and the other thing is, he's young. This isn't like a lot of the guys that come over. He's only 27. And the Red Sox have no prospects coming up in the outfield. We have saw what Jaron Duran was. We haven't seen any clips of him this offseason. So we don't know if he's changed his swing yet again. That is a complete mystery. So a guy that you can get without giving up any picks, any prospects, it's probably worth the risk in the in the long run. And in terms of Matsui, Matsui, I mean, he was a 23 to 25 home run guy. He wasn't, you know, the whatever they okay, call him, the Godzilla over there when he was hitting 55 a year. You got to think about this, right? 23 to 25 home runs in 2003 through 2010. Nowadays, that's like 28, 29, 30 home runs as far as how many home runs were hit across the league. We're in a, we're in a different era of baseball. We need more power. Uh, I just don't know that – I think he could give you Suzuki no, – I mean, Suzuki could give you Matsui numbers, but I don't know that that's enough in today's game. I would actually prefer they take a flyer on somebody with more power, but there are no guys in the market that give you that power and can play right field. I just want someone that is going to be on the team for the next four or five years because that is not coming from within unless one of your top prospects undergoes a positional change because they don't have any outfielders on the horizon. We still got my guy. He'd have to be a left fielder, but that's Nick Castellanos. Light tower power would be, I think, great in the middle of our lineup. Probably a future DH after this year, assuming JD plays the full remaining year and doesn't get traded in the coming days or before the trade deadline. I'm a big Nick Castellanos guy. Admittedly, I, I don't think Bloom's going to go there, but. We can't afford Nick Castellanos. And interesting you mentioned that, Terry. That seems to be one of the reasons that Derek Jeter walked away from the Marlins. They wouldn't pay Nick Castellanos after he supposedly, you know, was agreeable to terms with the Marlins. He is going to be, I think, one of the highest paid guys uh, in the outfield this off season, maybe you know across the entire sport, he'll be the highest paid uh, guy going forward because he is still young. He does have power, and he actually does play a pretty decent outfield defensively. Um, he no, I got to cut you off there. He's he's been one of the worst defenders in major league history. It, like consistently negative three point five WAR when it comes to the outfield, like. 
The second he steps out there, you might as well give him like a cast iron pan for a glove. He's not gonna. He, you're 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 screwed. They they could not. They can't put him in the outfield. Well, the the rest could you of put the, him in the outfield if you had Bradley and Kike though. Yeah, I think the rest of the outfield makes up for him. And if you're a bad outfielder, the ideal spot for you in Major League Baseball is left field at Fenway Park. If you're putting Bradley, and, if you're putting, yeah, Manny was probably better, honestly. If you're putting Bradley and Kike out there, then you're taking Verdugo out of the equation. Well, so you're covering, you're, I don't know. I, if, if JD wasn't on the team, I'd be all for Castellanos. But I, I just don't see a situation where we can afford to have him in the, uh, in the outfield. I think we can live with it for a year. Job says it's not going to happen, and I kind of agree because I don't think we're going to exceed the luxury tax. If we do decide to exceed it, then it's slightly possible. But he's still my guy. I love the personality. I love the bravado. And I, I think he would be immediately um, you know, one of those endearing personalities in the city of Boston. Let me throw out another name because Castellanos isn't the best possible remaining guy in the outfield. Believe it or not, you could go with Chris Bryant, who has been a past target of the Red Sox. Bloom does seem to have an affinity for him. I'm not a big Bryant guy. He is a Scott Boris guy as well for what it's worth, but but you could put him uh, in left field in a pinch. You could put him on either corner of your infield. So <laughs> somebody, uh, somebody might have died. <laughs> Assuming that's uh, on Job's end, but he doesn't have his camera up. But uh, but yeah, so that's another another option as well. Yeah, you know, I love the idea, Chris Bryan. I thought. That was my prediction. I think last year was that they'd go after him at the deadline. Um, He scares me as a long-term fit guy because I don't know how many years he's going to command. I think we can safely say six, right? I would say six at least, yeah. (sighs) On paper, he's such a good fit. But the head injuries, the athleticism, I don't it's one of those ones that can work out really well or really badly. And I don't think there's any in between for it. And I, I love Chris Bryant as a player. So uh, I have a question for you and, and I don't know if anybody died on my end. Uh, I think I was on mute there, but uh question for you both. What can you get for Bobby Dahlbeck? Can you get anything for Bobby Dahlbeck? Probably. I think you, get a, I think you can get a good, uh, decent, uh, bullpen arm or a back end rotation guy. Absolutely. Okay, so then in, in that case, here's my ideal situation for the next 72 hours. One, I want to sign Anthony Rizzo to a one year deal. Two, I want to trade Dahlbeck for a back end of the, uh, the bullpen arm. Somebody who can give you 65 innings and not have an ERA over four, like everybody else in the bullpen seems to always have. And then I want to use our money to go get Suzuki. That's that's my ideal situation. You solve two problems with A, you move, you move on from Dahlbeck. I don't think that's an issue. 
right? That's one less guy in the lineup who's going to strike out 200 times. You bring in a guy who can mentor Tristan Casas, who's going to be the future of your infield, who's a similar build, a great defender at first, and also has power at this point in his career. And on top of that, you get a bullpen arm back. So that solves two problems because we don't have enough room for well, Dahlbeck and Bradley in the lineup at the same time. We watched that for half a season, and it was terrible. Then you're looking at another lefty, though, you know, at first base. I think we and, have too many. Yeah, that you'd be at too many lefties, and he can't go to Canada. <laughs> we know that. So you just rule him out at nine games right away. God forbid, you know, two or three playoff games are in Toronto. I think that's a legitimate concern. Um, when it comes, to I, I just I, I think you could get him on a relatively cheap deal, and I think he solves a lot of problems for you as far as how you mentor Tristan Casas uh, and make sure that he comes along into being the anchor of your offense for the next five years. I think you don't really have the luxury of trading a guy who's going to cost maybe a million dollars. I don't I don't know what you yeah. are in your second year, and. If you did have the luxury, I think it would be more at the deadline when you know Casas is basically the guy at first with maybe a platoon guy uh, in there and going forward. I mean, I love the imagination, but I just – and I'm not a Dahlbeck guy. We all know that. So I'd love to see him get moved. I, I'm just trying to find ways to avoid 90 strikeouts in the bottom third of the order, 90, 100, 130 strikeouts in the seven, eight, nine holes. I just, that's where I see an issue. And that's something I'm very consistent on. Terry, I know you love power. I know Andrew loves defense. I love average. I'm old school. Just give me a guy who can hit 260 and put him in the seven hole. Um, that's why I like Arroyo. I would bring back Iglesias for that reason. I like guys who can hit for average. Can you get on base? I mean, I really am very simple like that. I'm a lot like Billy Bean in the movie Moneyball. Can you get on base? That's all I care about. I'm a big OBP guy. And I don't care if you can hit home runs. I really don't. Just get on base and let Rafael Devers hit home runs. Here's where I'd like to focus, and that's the bullpen. I mean, I'm not saying we don't need offense because we definitely need offense, but we need somebody in the bullpen other than Garrett Whitlock and Ryan Brazier. And I'm done with Matt Barnes. I know he's going to have two amazing months, but the fall off that 500 foot cliff is always ugly, uh, you know, in July or August, whenever it happens. And then you're wondering if he's even going to make the playoff roster uh, if we're lucky enough to get there. But I really like, I want at least one veteran guy picked up. We, in the, previous episode that didn't get recorded because of the technical issue we kicked around a bunch of names and we kind of agreed that Hein Bloom isn't going to make a huge splash in the bullpen that's just not what he does we've got a little bit of money to spend not a lot but I'd love to go get a Joe Kelly type guy who's had a pretty good few years since he's been away from Boston I think he could certainly be a presence in the seventh or eighth inning 
Another guy that's kind of a veteran guy, admittedly, on the back end, but I think that would make him a little bit more affordable. Archie Bradley, I think, has a great personality, would fit in well in uh, in, in the, the Red Sox bullpen. And, I mean, there, there are some bigger splashes available. I mean, you could go Andrew Miller. You could go Trevor Rosenthal, who's a little bit of a wild card with his health. But um, those are some guys. And then if you you pick one out of that group of basically five I just listed, then, then you can go get, you know, an Alex Colomay type guy and and just and just hope you got enough. See, yeah, you know, Terry, I think oh go ahead, Andrew. I was gonna say I if they're not gonna I think they're probably gonna trade for a back end arm. I don't know if it's gonna be a closer, but I do think you can get a guy like Robles back. He he showed a lot at the end of the year. He I don't think he let up a run in September, was pretty lights out from that point on. I think you could get a guy like him back on pretty quick, easy money. Um, I, I have always liked Archie Bradley. Um, his performance hasn't really lived up to his reputation the last few years, unfortunately, but I wouldn't mind uh, rolling the dice on him either. I don't think he'll be expensive at all. Let me throw out one more scenario before another dreaded tech thing. I think I've resolved it, but, um, if you want to trade a guy like Bradley, uh, Bradley, excuse me, a guy like Christian Vasquez at catcher, there are some guys available. You could get, uh, you know, Steven Vote. You could get a Kurt Suzuki type guy. Um, I think Alex Avila retired. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Robinson Chirinos is available. Basically, the guy I want to target is someone Chris Sale and Nathan Avaldi are going to be happy with. Someone who has a good reputation working with pitchers, someone that you're going to get cheaper for the six or seven million that you're already paying Vasquez, and um, and just kind of roll with with that. And you guys are talking about needs in all these areas we've already discussed. Maybe Vasquez nets you that guy. Maybe he gets you that reliever or the platoon first baseman to go along with Dahlbeck. I think you can kind of. You can kind of kill two birds with one stone with it with a move like trading Vasquez. I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't think if you trade Christian Vasquez, it's to go out and sign a catcher who's probably in that neighborhood. I mean, those names you just threw out there, none of those guys are, I think, a significant upgrade over Christian Vasquez in any facet of the game. Uh, you know, I don't think Kurt Suzuki is as good behind the dish as Christian Vasquez. I don't think his offense is as good as Christian Vasquez. And I think his money is very similar. I just want so, to improve the pitching, though. I'm not really looking at offense in uh, that position. You, you, you and I agree that the catcher is one of those positions where if you get offense, that's a bonus. But you really just want a guy who can make your pitchers, you know, have their, you know, best seasons and feel confident behind the plate and hopefully – you know, they have faith in those guys. You want to see the pitcher shaking, you know, your catcher off as few times as possible. I don't think yeah. Connor Wong is ready. I don't think he'll probably be ready. I don't think he's a major league everyday catcher at this point uh, yet. So I, I don't see them moving on from Christian Vasquez, at least not right now. There, there is no better stopgap option. 
I don't think you'd net much in a trade for him either. Um, most teams that don't have established catchers have one coming up in the system. Um, there have not never been this many catchers in the top 100 prospects in all of baseball. There's almost, I think there's around 10, which is unheard of. So all these teams that are looking for guys, they have someone in, you know, waiting in the wings. And I just think at this point, especially with how this offseason went, uh, with how long the lockout dragged on, I think your best bet was when the Marlins stole our guy, when, uh, you know, they went in, swooped in, and took our deal with Pittsburgh. I, I think that was our last shot at switching out for switching out Vaz. And I have multiple times said, I want the, fu- I want the future at catcher figured out because I don't think it's within the Red Sox system. Let me throw this out here. As you guys have been giving your takes and, you know, I've been listening along. I do think we can get a platoon first baseman, at least at a minimum for, for a guy like Vasquez. But here's a guy we've already discussed that's available at catcher, Kurt Suzuki. He was, you know, he, he split time, I forget with who, in um, Washington. But in that playoff run... In 2019, Suzuki played in, I have to count them out loud, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine playoff games. And in seven out of those nine games, the Nationals won. So I don't have the pitching splits from those games on on how how they did, but... Five of those are Scherzer. Five or Scherzer, right. okay. He did have a and, good. And two are Strasburg. <laughs> so okay. You gotta you gotta think about the fact that he is catching some, I think, premier talent. I, I don't know that. Like I said, I don't know that he's an upgrade, and I don't know that there is an upgrade in the short term market. If, if Scherzer, was, I think you would go do it. If Scherzer and Strasburg like pitching to Suzuki, good chance maybe Chris Sale and Nathan Avaldi will like pitching to him as well. He hit two twenty four last year. I only care about the pitching. Yeah, but you're gonna care about that when you know he leaves two guys on base and when he's hitting fifth because the rest of the lineup sucks, you're gonna care about it. Connor Wong right, might exactly provide now, some offense. Connor Wong now, probably won't you won't have Connor Wong up on the major league team. Probably not. not I mean we, we still have Pulwacky, but three catchers. Pulwacky yeah, no, is they can't. It's thirteen and thirteen is how they're running. They have to run the um, twenty-six man roster at least to start the year. Is what they said earlier. And we could have a few more roster spots. We haven't really discussed that, but because of the weird spring training situation, maybe you could see a twenty-eight or thirty-man roster for a few weeks. We saw that in twenty twenty, but that, that's neither here nor there, I guess. But I'm just saying, I just want a guy who who makes the pitching staff better. And that's Kevin not. Pulecki. Yeah, he he also makes the other team's base runners better because he can't he can't gun them down. He's got the worst arm I've ever seen. Um, so I and I love Pulecki. I mean, we were we were clamoring for him at DH, at, you know, in the month of September because he was so hot, and we got our wish a couple of times. But yeah, so that that's kind of you know my 
some of my areas of need. Uh, admittedly, I, I think we're stuck with Vasquez till at least the trade deadline. I don't know. Wong will start down in Pawtucket, I think, right? Or will he go to Double A? I think it's Triple A. Yeah, what, yeah Worcester, what, Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. So if he can, if he can force his way onto uh, the big league roster, then maybe. Um, although I don't, I still don't know if you can trade Vasquez because we don't know if the defense for Wong is going to be super great. But you're not trading Christian Vasquez. <sighs> like that's that's way. Damn it, far. Job! I want him gone. I want him gone. <laughs> I was harassing Jacob, him. Jacob Stallings was your best bet of getting him uh, replaced, and Jeter and the Marlins swooped in on that one. Yeah, and then Jeter quit. But, yeah. Um, because he wanted Nick Castellanos, so he targeted a quality player that I like. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to bring him home. I mean, it was a good fit there. I mean, he's from Miami. They needed a bat. It, it, it really would have worked out pretty well for them because he could have DH'd. But yeah, apparently Miami, uh, they just don't want to spend money. Yeah, Cincinnati doesn't want to spend money either. It's going to be uh, an interesting dynamic. The, the MLB PA, and I don't mean to jump back to this again, but they didn't get any of the. Uh, anti-tanking legislation into this new uh, this new deal here so be interesting to see which way things go as we move forward a guy that i really wanted last year and i I still think is going to be one of the best catchers in the league for the next 10 years terry is tucker barnhart uh that's obviously not going to happen now it's off the table um the future for the red sox is a lot of question marks and a lot of gambling on some young guys. And uh, we don't have anybody at catcher. We don't really have any pitching depth in the system that you can count on because we've been talking about Jay Groom for like the last five years. So you can't really count on him. Um, the Red Sox need to make some, some major moves. And I, I wonder if some of those moves – might include saying goodbye to some familiar faces. Elaborate. Which ones? Well, I think the three of us are in agreement that Xander Bogarts isn't going to be here very long. But I am of the opinion that in the next five years, I think you'll have a complete overhaul of the entire team to the point where the only remaining player will be Rafael Devers. I'm not so sure. Well, I mean, they don't have have any of those guys under contract that was on last year's roster. The only one that would none, (laughs) none of those guys would be under contract in the next five years. Devers is the only one past next year. Uh, Actually for Dugo, um, he'll be in like ARB three by that point or ARB two. But I don't think, I don't think they'll be paying any of those guys. The, the future, I think, is a lot of there's your really, area of expertise, Andrew. It's going to be but, yeah. I mean, there's up through the farm. Other than Devers, there's no one really to pay. Other than you know Bogarts, depending on what he's going to command. You're not going to extend Kike to a five year deal. You're not going to probably not going to you know sign Verdugo to too long term of a deal. I could see him being a series of like two and three year deals. There's 
no left fielder. There's no DH after JD leaves. There's no pitching. There's, there's no, no catcher. There's yeah, no. I mean, Whitlock well, maybe. Halk and Whitlock will be under contract, but it, as far as your you know starting defense is concerned, none of those guys are long term. That's why you have your first baseman of the future. You have your second baseman of the future in Nick York. You have your shortstop of the future about three, four years away if everything goes right in Marcel Meyer. You have a third baseman in Blaze Jordan if he can continue to develop a hit tool in three, two to three years. You have players like that. I thought he was an outfielder, no? Blaze Jordan? Blaze, no. He's he's, he's hopefully third, more likely first. Um, So, you, you know, you got a guy like that. I mean, Dahlbeck can easily move across the diamond where he's better. He, he's a better third baseman. He's actually a pretty solid third baseman. And, you know, he tried to figure out first on the fly last season. There, there are definitely moves to be made. I, they're going to make, there's going to be a lot of trades in the next two to three years with this team. And that's what they want. They want to, you know, have a young team that has a farm system that can just keep the pipeline moving. Um, and there's well, nothing just- wrong with that. No, not at all. I just, I guess I wanted to prime the listeners and, and those who we engage with on a daily basis in, in Red Sox circles and Red Sox fandom. This team is not going to be going all in, buying pieces to go get a World Series. And they won't be doing that next year either. They're on the five to seven year plan of contending for a World Series. And maybe a little bit longer than that. They want those sustained runs of success we talked about last year that the Rays and the Dodgers are currently enjoying. Uh, and it's going to take a while to get there, and it's going to take some you know, some middling seasons and trading some fan favorites midseason. I would not be surprised if in the middle of this season, you know, the club's not doing so hot, and all of a sudden somebody comes in with an offer J.D. Martinez is gone at midseason. We're not going to get anything for him. But at the trade deadline, somebody wants to win. They go all in on getting a piece. I wouldn't be surprised to see Xander Bogarts traded even uh, midseason. There's just a lot of moving pieces. I think the Red Sox this season are going to be in somewhat of a rebuild mode, not a retool mode, if that makes sense. I agree to a point where there's going to be a window where finally they start spending. And I don't think it's five to seven years. I I think we could be looking at this for another two or three years tops, but we're we're only going to be seeing one or two year deals. I'm not, uh, I don't, I mean, we're, I think we should all agree right now. We're not really competing for a world series this year, barring some crazy moves that might happen in the next two to seven days. But I think we could have been better this year. I mean, there there's, there was always a window to, to, to sign, you know, guys to probably three or four year deals at at a higher annual value. And and you, you might've had a little bit more of a, robust um, I, roster. but I'm not, I'm not ruling anything out. I mean, this team came within two games of making the World Series last year. Obviously, things broke right. But 
you have another year development with Dahlbeck who really showed improvement after this, you know, the first two months you have Devers who just absolutely came back, showed he could be a top 10 MVP candidate. Xander, I don't see any way he's not on the team this entire year or not replaced by an equal in Korea, which I'm starting to think is a little more doubtful. Um, and the pitching, I, I have faith in Ivaldi to keep this going. Tanner Houck with another year of development. Nick Pavetta looked amazing. I don't know. I, I, I see this team, and I see some moves that can be made. Hell, they can go out. We can wake up or have to record it to the show as soon as we hang up because they signed Carlos Rodon because he costs no draft picks. And they're like, you know what? Nate's a free agent after next year. Why not give him three at 75 or something like that? Because – does it kill you if he sucks? I mean, but no. those are the moves I'm talking about, Andrew. That we're not getting. That I would have well, loved Rodon in November. We still can. I, I don't think so. I, I also don't think that they were going to do anything back then because there was so much uncertainty. Yeah. Know, if they stayed I, at that 210 CBT, we'd be talking about like Josh Winkowski taking the fifth spot in the rotation right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Part of the problem I mean, I, here. I look at it. Or go ahead, Joe. I, I just I, I look at it as the Red Sox. And I said this last year for the first month of the season, and people yelled at me, and I got a lot of hateful DMs. So if you're one of those fans, just pause or fast forward for 15 seconds. I don't think the Red Sox wanted to win last season from an organizational standpoint early in the year. That was a nice surprise, but that wasn't the goal. The goal was development of the young players and moving forward. I think this year is going to be very similar. If things break right and we can compete for a division or, you know, beyond that, that's fantastic. But I think the goal is development of these young players to, to open up that window and hopefully compete for, you know, a five to seven year window in the next couple of seasons. Getting back to to Andrew's point here, part of the problem is we haven't gotten better. I I mean, maybe our rotation is a little bit better. You know, you you're, you've got sale for a little while, but we still have a lot of wild cards in the rotation that you know that I'm comfortable with. And so many other teams have improved, though. Seattle is going to be as good or better. I think Detroit might make a little bit of noise this year and and be that surprise team that either wins the division or comfortably gets into a wild card. So I'm I'm just not and I I think Toronto and and Tampa are your number 1 and 2 finishers in the AL East. I just think they have better rosters and and they're a little bit more robust. So I can't. I can't. Those are. I can't. Those see the are four teams. No, I get it, but those are also four teams that are completely built from within. I, so I, I think that's the vision. But and I do. I, I see. I think we could have taken the 2013 approach, and and signed those type of deals. And and had a roster because when when 2013 was going on, we were waiting for Xander, we were waiting for Bradley, we were waiting for Betts. So we signed some short-term guys that had a very good track record of success in winning championships. 
Those and, guys are still out there, though, no? Like, you can find well, your Johnny Gomes, your Mike Napoli's, your Shane Victorinos of the world. Well, one and, okay, so your you're Mike Napoli is Anthony Rizzo. I, I, the, we got a lefty problem, but it, it'd, be, it'd be that type of a guy. I don't think we need a first baseman, but yeah, uh, that... I, I don't know. I I, I would uh, completely eliminate. Jorge Soler is not Shane Victorino. <laughs> so no, Shane Victorino, when they signed him, everyone roasted that signing. That, that I was liked a giant, it. I, yeah, but that was an that overpay was like, at the was time. Washed. Yeah, yeah was that was, washed, and he was after that first done. year. He was trash after that first year. He, I mean, that was three years, $39 million, and that was a lot for him. So he they overpaid for it. They did, so they, but but we could do that though. We could do that while we're developing these. So there's your prospects. Solero, a, a playoff hero. Uh, well, right? Is that, is that no, a Eddie thing? Rosario? Similar. Solero's a kind of a one year wonder, as far as far as I'm concerned. But um, and it happened to be his walk year as well. Um, but we had that 45 home run year in in uh, it always happens Kansas in City. But I, I mean, you could sign a guy. Hell, you could. If you want a veteran presence, I wouldn't do it. But an Andrew McCutcheon type could hold down left field. Ugh, in I don't a like him. Abbreviated, you know, one of the worst defensive players in the game, Andrew. You hate that. No, no. I'm saying if you are looking for a veteran, 2013 kind of guy, there, there's that. You know, I. Who else? Um, yeah, like you said, Rosario, a Jock Peterson, Lefty. Um, I I thought about him too. I know it's tough. There, there are a lot of options if you want to do that. I just don't think that they're going to do that. I think they're set with the guys they have. They're going to let them play, and I think it's going to be a really fun season. We're going to see some really great development. I think Tristan Casas is going to be ready to go in a month. Like I think. Early May, mid-May, we're going to see Tristan Casas in Boston. If not, it'll be mid-June, I think, at the latest. And he's going to be the guy we all want to watch. So that's actually giving me a good case study because in the new CBA, if you bring a rookie up opening day, he is then eligible um, – for a draft pick reward, if he finishes top three in uh, rookie of the year. So, in theory, do you bring him up in audio's extra year service time, or do you wait on him? Because I, I personally I wait would on wait. him. I would wait. Exactly. Yeah. Some slapdick prospect in like eight years. Is it worth you know an extra year of? What we think Tristan Castle could be. no. Because we and, think he could be a great, great player for this. Yeah, he could be a very, very good first baseman. And then you, you that I'm actually fascinated by this. So let me rant. You're going to have to look around too. You're like, all right, we got Adley Rushman in Baltimore. We have uh, Julio Rodriguez in Seattle. We have Torque in Green in Detroit. Bobby Witt potentially in uh, Kansas City. It's like, I don't know if it's going to be ready. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to give a first uh, uh, rookie of the year votes 
to a first base only guy in Tristan Cassis. So I think you wait. Unless you race. Or unless Dahlbeck really gets off to a bad, uh, slow start. But well, yeah, it's. You know, I, I think May is probably a reasonable expectation. Um, there's a possibility they hold him out until June or July. I don't want to see that because I don't think that we're in a position on the major league roster to have Dahlbeck playing every day, especially not if you're going to have Bradley playing somewhere in the, you know, one or two games per series uh, spot because we know that doesn't work. We've seen that. Even if we see the best version of Dahlbeck, he's better off only facing left-handed pitching. Um, I think it's time for Tristan Casas. I'm ready for it, and uh, I hope it's earlier rather than later, but I also I want that extra year. So it's going to be an interesting dilemma. I can't wait to see the way they play this. I think there's some super exciting guys uh, in the minors for the Red Sox, and, and actually the minor leagues might be more fun to watch this year than, than any year uh, that we can remember of, of recent because these guys are going to rise fast through the system. They are absolute studs. Jeter Downs is another one to pay attention to. He doesn't quite have the the hype that Casas has, but if he has a good spring training, I I think it could be fair to question whether or not he maybe he could get a a call up. Especially, I don't even know if Christian Arroyo is going to make it out of spring training without an injury. I mean, that's a long time. That's a month. <laughs> That is a long time for him. That is. Uh, I think that's a good question, and I, I think he might actually be your first man up at second base. Um, this is probably for him a make-or-break season in the minors, though, um, based on his age and how he performed poorly last last season in the minors. Yeah, so it's just another, another one, but I don't think they're going to be – too worried about Jeter Downs losing a, a year of time based on the guys we have coming up with Meyer, York, whatever. I don't. Think... I, I doubt it. They're not I looking at getting up there in age. Yeah, yeah. They're not looking at him as a as a seven year guy. Or I, I think we just got followed by a rival podcaster. <laughs> don't get don't get us kicked off Audacity right now. No, no, I'm, don't, even, don't even open it. I'm using my, but as far as, as far as Jeter Downs is concerned, um, I wouldn't count on it. His swing path isn't what it needs to be to make it into majors. Uh, there's a lot of holes. He can't hit high pitching. So unless he put in a lot of work in the off season and completely, you know, reworked it, I, yeah, that one we could probably, unfortunately, cross off. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully he figured it out, but don't put all your eggs in that basket. Well, he did figure something out, didn't he, the last month or so? Kind of. He got off to a hot start in the fall league where he hit five home runs in like three games, but then he went right back to normal. Okay. It's when he started facing advanced pitching is when all the issues kind of arose. Well, it hasn't been um, – he, he was a highly touted prospect uh, before he got to the Red Sox. I think he was, what, in the he Reds, was. Red system? To yeah, start the with. Red 
not many guys are part of two blockbuster trades as kind of like the main prospect in it, you know? Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully they do figure it out. Second base hasn't uh, been a good spot for us since Pedroia last played there, really. So, all right. Well, I guess we will wrap on that. Uh, both episodes went about an hour and 10, so that's good enough. But we could very well be on within the next 24 hours to discuss a Red Sox transaction. I, I would be shocked if we're not on within 48 hours. So, um, the, these podcasts could become fast and furious over the coming days. I mean, we're, we're going from zero to a hundred here with actual baseball news. And, uh, after a very dark inactive winter. So we're happy to be having, uh, these topics to discuss and we'll be back with you in the coming hours. Take care.